Welcome to Recorded. I'm Paul Peachy, and I have received a seven-day audio diary from a prisoner at Tehran's Evin Jail that details the daily trials of life lived in the shadow of the coronavirus pandemic. Anousheh Ashouri, a retired engineer, was arrested in 2017 when he travelled to Iran to visit his 86-year-old mother, a trip he'd made many times before. The dual British-Iranian national was jailed for 10 years after he was accused of spying for Israel, charges dismissed as preposterous by his family. His supporters say the accusations against him were fabricated and he is being used as a bargaining chip in negotiations between Iran and the UK. Because of the length of his sentence, he has not been given temporary release by the authorities as they struggle to get to grip with the coronavirus crisis. Because Iran does not recognise dual nationals, British consular officials are not permitted to see him. But Mr Ashuri, who is married with two children, is allowed to speak every day to his family from a phone on the wing. He has recorded a week-long diary from the jail, detailing the hardships and suffering of those who remain locked up during the coronavirus pandemic. This is his account of seven days inside Evin. Wednesday, 0804 2020. It's been raining all day and we have not been able to use this small fresh air area available to us. So most of the inmates are staying in their dull rooms and the kitchen is packed with smokers, making it unbearable to sit there. Today there was a rumor that Muslim, one of the non-security service providing inmates, was transferred to Hall 3 yesterday, has been taken to the medical center on suspicion of having contracted the virus. He was not feeling well two de- from two days before his departure, and he spent most of the time in bed. This is usually as far as we know, because once an inmate leaves Wing 4 and he does not return, no one knows any more about his fate. Mr Ashuri lives with 10 other men in a small room in the 1970s prison. Today is Thursday, 09-04-2020. The rain of yesterday has now turned into an unprecedented light snow for this time of the year. So we are again confined to our rooms. It is almost impossible to have privacy in here, except when you are uh, taking a shower or you are in the toilet. Today, someone who had embezzled over a billion dollars and is now serving time in Hall 3 was visiting our hall, hoping that he could transfer himself here. The other halls are cramped with all sorts of financial prisoners, including fraudulents, embezzlers, cons, and the like. Our hall is no is well known to be respectable as it is mostly as it mostly accommodates political and security prisoners. The guy who referred to himself as doctor swaggered into our hall with such an assumed air of defiance. His bravado disappeared when he was told off by some of us, and he was criticised for intruding into our hall without any mask or any gloves. They are said to be bribing governors and usually lead a lavish life in this prison. The numbers inside Evin have been cut by a prisoner release programme aimed at preventing the spread of coronavirus. Today is Friday 10th of April 2020. There is a rumour that two of the security prisoners have returned as their furloughs were not extended. It is said that Hall 2 has been turned into a quarantine 
and all those returning will be kept there for 14 days before being sent to their wings. Someone said that the idea of quarantine is to separate the person and to prevent him from coming into contact with others, sending all returning prisoners into one hall and forcing them to mix with, it, with each other is dangerous and it is just enough for one con contaminated person to arrive and the rest will soon contract the virus. He said that it reminded him of the documentaries about the German concentration camps where masses of prisoners were crammed in a confined space where, contract, where contagious diseases could be easily spread. Another inmate say, said, go and be thankful that they are not killing us yet. A rumor was spread days ago that uh, the inmates in a number of prisons in different cities were somehow allowed to flee the prisons only to be shot in the back. Today, we saw on TV that the Islamic Republic has rejected Amnesty International's confirmation of that news. Amnesty International reported this month that security forces killed about 36 prisoners while quelling unrest prompted by the pandemic. Some 100,000 people have been freed from prisons across the country. Several thousand, including political prisoners, are expected to receive pardons. After having been confined to our rooms during the past three days because of the continuous rain, most of the inmates were quite edgy and some on the brink of scuffles and fights. By 3 p.m. today, we have had two fights in the hall, one in room five and the other in room three. The fight in room five started over bread. Today, we were given one bag full of, bread, uh, of lavish bread instead of the two daily ones. Bread is distributed once a day, and it must suffice for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We usually have enough bread, but today it was scarce. The scuffle ended after other roommates intervened and did not allow it to escalate. Prison staff have retreated from face-to-face -face contact with inmates for fear of infection. Some inmates act as go-betweens for the prison staff and the rest of the jail population. Today is Sunday, 12th of April 2020. The interactions between the guards and the inmates are usually at a minimum. The prison guards have minimised their efforts and their contacts with prisoners by delegating parts of their duties to a selected number of non-security non prisoners unless an issue arises that is beyond their jurisdiction. You only see prison guards when they come for the head counts, usually in the mornings and evenings, or when a prisoner is being sent outside for medical or legal purposes, or when he is called upon by the governor of the wing. As I was sitting in the yard, a window opened on the first floor, and one of the brothers who have returned from furlough waved, waved his hand from behind the window bars we greeted and I particularly asked him about their condition in the quarantine. He said that they are, bring, they are bringing all returning prisoners and mixing them with each other without giving them any masks or gloves. At the moment, there, is only, there are only six of them in, the, in hall two.
but a large number is expected to return in the near future. This is the most bizarre quarantine with no common sense behind it. The World Health Organization says prisoners are more vulnerable than the rest of the population. Some inmates have not been released, despite being eligible under the terms announced by the authorities. The name of a roommate, whom I shall call Matt, was mentioned through the loudspeaker. He was told to pack his belongings and go to the front desk, where a soldier was waiting to escort him to the prison's entrance to be released. He had been waiting for this moment for 28 days. The bizarre point about his release deserves contemplation. Last month, after the Supreme Leader accepted the head of the judiciary's proposal with a few subsections to pardon those who have sentences of five years or less, it was revealed that Max had also become eligible for pardon. As a number of other inmates who were in the same category gradually started to be released, he grew increasingly impatient, waiting for any moment to be summoned to the front desk. Soon those were closed, and those who were not called despite their eligibility were locked behind and their hopes were utterly shattered with their awaiting families left dumbfounded on the other side. First, he was told that the prison offices were closed until the 15th day of the new year, and the prison authorities did not attend regularly in fear of the coronavirus. And those who did never cared much about his pleading with them to look into his case and to see why he was still here. Yesterday, it reached a point where he made a beeline for the governor's office, and he started shouting and swearing at them until the governor had no choice but to stifle his anger. It was ultimately revealed that the officers in charge had not read through his papers completely. He was originally given a 10-year sentence, but later, although his sentence was not reduced, eight years of it were suspended, leaving him with only two years. It was ultimately found out that the people in charge had only read the first page of his 10-year verdict and never bothered to go through it completely to see that five pages later, the final decision was printed, thus making him eligible for pardon. The prison is a notorious centre for holding political prisoners. Today is Monday, 13th of April 2020, regarding our roommate, I shall call Campbell. He was arrested four years ago, and despite the fact that he is eligible for furlough and has been away twice during the past year, unfortunately this time he was denied his rights for furlough. He fell ill two days before the Persian New Year on 18th of March 2019. It started with a headache and body pain and was followed by a lack of appetite. He was finally escorted uh, to the medical center. As his escort goes to the doctor's room, the doctor shouts at him and says, quote, I told you not to call me. As he is in his room, he tells Campbell that your condition may be a normal flu or it may be corona. In both cases, you must go back and rest. He dismissed Campbell without examining him and without giving him any medicine. The prison is suffering from a severe lack of medicines. Tuesday, 14.04.2020. 
as I was on the phone talking to my mom, I saw Moses coming down the down the stairs. As soon as he stepped inside the small entrance hall, his legs suddenly gave way, and as he was going to collapse on the ground, he was taken to the medical center. Luckily, this time the conscientious conscientious doctor. Uh, was there, and he wrote the prescription. Moses asked him to hand over the prescription so that he can ask his wife to to buy the medicine and bring it for him. It is here that doc, the doctor told him that by law, any prescription that the, that the prison doctor writes, the prison authorities must provide it without any questions. But on the contrary, most of the medicine that we take have been bought and delivered to us by our families. The medicine that is given by the prison, if it is given, they are usually indigenously produced and most of them are of a very low quality. That is why foreign-made medicine uh, is very expensive uh, in the market. Evin Prison was described by one campaigning organisation as the gold standard for human rights abuses in Iran. Mr Ashuri's family believe his fate is tied up with a 40-year debt owed by Britain to Iran over an aborted arms deal. But for now, he remains at risk in Evin. You've been listening to Recorded. I've been your host, Paul Peachy. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan. To subscribe to this podcast, click the button in your podcasting app. Mm-hmm.